Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Haley. And welcome to The The Cry Cry Club. Club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Cry Club. First, Haley has uh, a couple more housekeeping items that she would like to talk to you guys about. Uh, And then we'll get into our cries of the week and finally into our list of anti-how-tos. We'll get into that more kind of when we get there. Okay, so housekeeping first. I am so sorry, you guys, that I have to do this every single week, but I hate myself and I have to (laughs) explain. Okay, so if you listened to last week's episode on our faves, we were talking about actors and actresses, and I committed a sin. And I called my king, Aragorn, Virgo Mortensen. (laughs) Virgo. Oh my gosh. That is horrible. His name is Vigo Mortensen, right? Is that how you say it, Vigo? I I don't know how to say it, but it is in fact V-I-G-G-O. Not Virgo. Oh my gosh, I feel humiliated about that. And I knew that too. I just had never actually said his name out loud before. I'd only ever read it. So I said Virgo Mortensen and I hate myself every day because of it. That's so funny. It makes such a difference saying something out loud versus reading it. Like one time we were reading a book together as a family and Jackson had never heard the word um, determined read out loud. So as he was reading, he said they were determined to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminds me of how I thought that placate all the way up until I was like 22 is placate. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Yes, wait. I, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just was listening to someone talk one time and they said placate and I was like, oh, you stupid idiot, it's placate. <laughs> I love how the immediate reaction is I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, I could never be wrong. <laughs> I just feel like um, I wanted to mention that Virgo Mortensen is in fact um, a Libra. So <laughs> Virgo would not have worked uh, even if that... <laughs> Even Our King Libra Mortensen. <laughs> Our King Vigo Libra Mortensen. Um, one thing that I noticed was that, so I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be two weeks ago, we said that the bad breakups was episode five, when in fact it was episode four. And that was just like tickling my brain in a weird way because it was wrong, 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 wrong. And I just needed to address that. <laughs> So we know it was wrong, okay? We're not going to delete the post. There's no way to change it. So, but I just feel like if I acknowledged it, maybe my brain would stop talking to me. Um, We figured out the audio a little bit, I think. Hopefully you guys could hear a difference. Um, We are still working on the editing. Um, Mostly I'm working on the editing because my computer has a stroke every time I try to use the platform that we are using to edit. So hopefully we can get better at that. Last week, I felt like a couple times because of the way the editing worked out, it was like Haley said something really funny. And then I was like, okay, so next up. And really like I was probably like heaving in the background and then it got cut out. And so anyway, I think Haley's hilarious. And I just wanted to recognize that even though the platform would not allow me to do so. Okay. Do you want to wrap us up with a hot take here? 
Yes, I'm okay. I'm so mad. So I just finished watching Gilmore Girls for the first time. I watched all of the seasons through. Um, I did watch it in the way that Tyler hates, which is sometimes I fast forward through boring parts of the episode until I get to a scene that looks good, um, which I'm so sorry, but I actually only did that on a couple episodes, so I did pretty good. But here are my qualms. One, Rory's the worst. Yes. What happened to her? She starts out as this lovely character and then totally degenerates into this horrible person who can't take criticism or, like, failure and who is like completely like a cheater like mm-hmm. it just is like this whole i don't know like that's where it starts and then from there it gets worse mm-hmm. um so i hate rory and second off while we're on the rory complaining train what is it why is her whole entire town obsessed with her is there no other teenager in her town because she goes to a high school right she goes to a high school in stars hollow which is how i know that there are other teenagers in the town enough to have a high school like you see them a couple times in the early seasons. I mean, Lane's there, Dean is there. So you know this town has teenagers in it. But for some reason, the whole entire town is fixated on Rory. Like in the last episode when she's going away and they all get together and throw her that huge party and everyone's there clapping for her and screaming and they just love her and she's sitting there crying and Lorelai's crying. It's like, how does every other teenager in that town feel? Are they just like... <laughs> Like, I'm sure question. that every other teenager in Stars Hollow loathes Rory Gilmore because the whole town is obsessed with her and acts like no one else exists besides her. Even Lane. Lane had twins and, like, didn't even really have a baby shower. Like, I just, ugh. That's just really annoying to me. So, anyway, just some thoughts. Um, Have you watched the like extended episodes like um there's like four episodes of like rory and lorelei in the future a year in the life yes i am currently about 30 minutes into the first one i feel like it makes it worse rory gets worse like here's like i completely agree with everything that you're saying the first couple seasons are like my comfort show the last couple seasons i don't like as much and then it just get, it gets worse. Like, just wait till you get to the end of A Year in the Life. Like, I have literally never hated Rory more until the end of that season. So, yes, I agree with all of your qualms. Um, even as a true Gilmore Girls fan, I support every single, every single one of your concerns. Okay, should we move on to Cries of the Week? Yes. Okay, I can go first. My first cry was at Jacob's sister's birthday dinner. It was her birthday this week, and we went to this place in Park City, and Jacob's family is just the sweetest and they do a thing where they go around the table on someone's birthday and they each say something that they love about that person, which is so sweet and the funniest contrast between my family because that's something that someone always tries to start on our birthdays. Like my mom will be like, let's go around the table and then someone will make a joke and then it never actually ever happens. I don't know. We just never actually do that. And Jacob's family actually goes through the whole process and it's really, really sweet. So they were each saying something that they loved about Tess, Jacob's sister, and Jacob started talking and then Tess started crying, which made Jacob cry, which made me cry. So does that mean we have a Burton Guster cry on our hands? That is a Burton Guster cry. 
Um, this week I cried when I got a text from an old friend telling us that she loves the baby pod and it was just so sweet and out of the blue and just absolutely made my day. So thank you, Faith. So sweet. I, yeah, we posted that picture. Tyler screenshotted it and sent it to me and I was like, someone loves our little baby pod. It was so <laughs> sweet of her. Which made me when today I was thinking about baby pod and realized that someday baby pod might not be a baby pod, like hopefully, right? And then we can call it the Todd pod for the toddler podcast. Isn't that cute? That is so cute. Todd pod. Okay, but right now it's still the baby pod. Okay, next. Okay, the next thing was a missed opportunity for a cry. I figured you did one last week so I could do one this week. I wanted to cry so bad and Jacob ruined it for me. This last week we finished Avatar The Last Airbender series. The last episode, as anyone who watches Avatar The Last Airbender will know, is a very emotional episode. It's when Zuko reunites with Uncle Iroh. It's when Aang finally realizes his full potential and you know, spoiler, gets with Katara and everything just falls into place and it's really emotional. Here's the thing. I was gearing up to cry. I was so ready for it. But Jacob was tired. He was a sleepy boy because he did not have his daily dose of an obscene amount of caffeine. Normally he has so much caffeine and he didn't that day. So he was just falling asleep left and right. And we kept having to pause the last episode, which is like an hour and a half long, We kept on having to pause it so that he could take nap breaks. No, you did not do that. Yes, we did because he was falling asleep and he always does this. Whenever we watch any show, we'll get like 10 minutes in and he'll start to fall asleep and then I'll be like, Jacob, are you falling asleep? And he's like, no. And then he nods off and I'm like, Jacob, wake up and I'm trying to keep him awake. But then he never remembers what's going on and we end up having to rewind and watch it again once he actually finally wakes up. And so those, this last episode, I was not having it. And I was like, okay, anytime you're falling asleep, I'm just going to pause it because I don't want you to miss this. And I don't want you to have to, I don't want to rewatch it again. So I just paused it and I end up, ended up having to pause it two or three times while he just could take a nap, a power nap. And then he'd wake back, wake back up and I'd press play again. So it really messed with the continuity of the episode and the emotional impact of it because I kept on kind of looking over at him to see if he was catching how big of a deal this was and he just was like nodding off and so I was annoyed and then I couldn't fully enjoy it because it ruined the experience so I'm pretty pissed about that um so I don't want to sound insensitive but I'm wondering why you didn't just pause it for like the night and try watching it again the next day um, great question. Um, because it was like 8 p.m. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so there this wasn't not excusable behavior. No, it wasn't. He was falling asleep literally all day long. Okay, anything else you want to add about that? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm done talking about it. I'm actually getting legitimately mad, so we need to move on. Okay, I'll move on to mine because it was a happy cry. I found out a friend was pregnant and was really excited excited for her and then I was thinking a lot about pregnancy this week and it made me think about like how much do we take getting pregnant for granted people just walk around with like like swollen bellies and there's babies inside of their belly 
And I just think that we shouldn't get used to this crazy, amazing thing that is happening. And, you know, I think everyone has a different journey when it comes to either deciding to get pregnant or maybe they didn't decide to, or maybe they're dealing with infertility issues or, you know, it was unexpected or, you know, there's just like so many factors. So let's just all come together and support each other uh, and support our moms before, during, and after pregnancy. I think that would look, I think that would look pretty cool. So yeah, I think that that wraps up my, my cry of the week. Super excited for my friend and really excited to meet her baby. Today's episode is all about our how not to do something. I don't, actually, maybe you should explain this. I think that maybe you're, you'd be better at this than I would. No, I think you're totally right. So, I mean, I think we all love a good, a good DIY, a good, you know, wiki how-to tutorial. And we're basically doing anti-how-tos for this episode where we give examples of the worst way we could have done something. Um, So essentially we'll be giving you a long list of how not to's and stories to accompany those. And I think it'll make more sense as we get started. Yeah. So then by default, you will know if you do the opposite of what we did, it'll probably turn out okay. Okay. So my first how not to is how not to cut your own hair. Um, Me and Tyler's freshman year in college, I had waist length hair. It was literally all the way down to my belly button or my belt. It was just really long. And then towards the end of the year, I saw this thing on Pinterest. Because again, TikTok was not a thing in 2015. Pinterest was everything. I saw a thing on Pinterest about how you could flip your hair upside down, tie it in a ponytail, and just cut it, and it would give you perfect layers. I think that nowadays, this is what people would call a wolf cut. But in 2015, a wolf cut was not a thing. That was not cute in 2015 there wasn't like a grunge look going on it was like too late for the tumblr era and too early for the tiktok era so there was no grunge going on so i did that i flipped my hair over i cut it off and it was the worst layers i'd ever seen like the front half of my hair was shorter than my boobs and the back half was again all the way down to my belt So it looked horrible, and I ended up having to chop all my hair off to my collarbones to right the wrongs I had committed. (laughs) It it was really bad. So if you're going to cut your own hair, watch a legitimate tutorial on YouTube from a certified hairstylist, not just someone who thinks they know what they're doing. Okay, let's move on to your basketball stories, our basketball stories. I'll try to keep this simple. Basically, I have very poor hand-eye coordination. I think I've mentioned this before, but I would have to go home from PE class and like practice at home because I was so bad at PE. Like who's bad at PE? Nobody. Um, Me. I was was bad at PE. And I did choir in like sixth and seventh grade. And I met this friend um, named Madison. And she was so great. And we really connected. And she decided she was going to try playing basketball with like the community rec league. And I, she asked me if I would want to try to do it with her. She was, I guess, nervous to do it on her own and wanted a familiar face. It was going to be a bunch of strangers. So finding courage that I did not know that I had, and honestly, looking back, like I'm so proud of myself that I did this because it was so outside of my comfort zone. But anyway, 
decided to join the Westerville is what I think it was called. Um, rec basketball team. So the team was made up of primarily people who had already played before the coaches were two very, um, gruff and assertive and aggressive women who now I think are pretty awesome. Then I was like really scared of them. And I decided to, I decided to try to stick this out. I also didn't play very much because I would constantly get pulled out of the games for apologizing too much to the other team. So like I would steal a ball and then they would get to like take it back because I would pause to apologize and let them know that I was sorry that I had taken the ball from them. Or like if our team scored, I would like turn and look at the other team and like kind of wince and be like, you know, again, I'm sorry. And so my coach would have to like pull me off the court. It's a court, right? Basketball court. Yes. And be like, you have got to get control of yourself. This is not how you play a competitive sport. You do not need to apologize every time you take the ball. Like that's not how the game works. Despite my incompetence, we actually went to the rec league finale and won. I even scored, I think a goal in that. Is it a goal? A basket. I don't know. I got a point in that game. I'm not trying to be stupid. I just literally don't know how to talk about sports. Uh, I know a little bit about football, but not basketball. So how not to play basketball or competitive sports? Don't apologize. You don't, you don't need to apologize to anyone. No apologies needed. And I feel like this goes further, the basketball. Okay. We just need, let's just all stop apologizing unless we like legitimately did something that requires an apology. Taking up space does not need to be apologized for. Yeah. Someone told me once, don't say sorry, say thank you. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And maybe you should have done that playing basketball you thank, score you, thank you for thanks letting for giving me that to us <laughs> thanks for letting us score <laughs> okay so my my basketball related how not to is I think even more humiliating than Tyler's so I got I tried out my freshman year and I thought because I was tall I would be good at basketball and I also just liked the idea of wearing a tank top because that's what you got to do when you were playing basketball you got to wear a tank top for your jersey <laughs> so I tried out for basketball I made the freshman team and was a complete bench warmer the entire season because I was bad at basketball okay I was so bad and it wasn't even that necessarily my hand-eye coordination was bad because I was probably one of the better ones on the team when it came to dribbling or shooting you know I was great in practice but in a game situation I felt completely overwhelmed everything was moving so fast I had no idea what was going on and I was terrible so there was one game near the end of the season I had been sitting on the bench the entire game and suddenly my coach goes Haley get up you're in honestly I hadn't again I had not even been paying attention at all to the game so I go in and the ball had just gone out so I'm going in someone throws it to me I get a breakaway down the court I'm dribbling I'm dribbling I do a perfect layup it goes in and I turn around to like cheer and high five my team and I see that everyone is still down on the other side of the court because I had just scored for the opposite team. This is not real. I did not know it this. Is, it is real. I didn't know which way we were going. I had been out the entire game, and it was like the last three minutes of the game, and I had no idea which direction we were going. So I turn around, and everyone's down there, and just this other girl on my team is like, we're going this way. Oh, my gosh. It was humiliating. I went home. And I just look, I looked at the stand and I just see my mom's face just drop. <laughs> I went home and cried the rest of the night, like cried myself to sleep. And I was like, 
this is it. Like, I have to move. Like, <laughs> I can't come back from this. <laughs> but that's that's why, like I said in last week's episode, that's why I got the best attitude award at the end of got that year. Got it. Got it. Yep. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that was all my coach said about me as she's telling stories to everyone at the end of the year banquet. She was like, Haley never complained when I was making everyone run ladders. I kept that as a deep, dark secret for so many years. And then again, that vulnerability thing is real because I've just found the more that I talk about it, the funnier I think it is and the less it bothers me. Right. No, it doesn't even bother me. And now I feel even more connected to you because I know this funny thing about you. Uh, Up next, how not to design a public bathroom. This came to me last night when I went out to dinner with some in-laws and decided to go take a bathroom break. And first off, it's already a big deal if I decide to use a public restroom. Like, you know, I've really got to go if I'm willing to descend into the crime and grunge of a public restroom. And so I get there and, you know, put the liner on the seat. Actually, they didn't have a liner, so I had to create one out of toilet paper. And I'm like finally settling down when something catches my attention. And first I thought I heard something that caught my attention. And then I realized that it was not actually audio stimulation. It was visual stimulation. And I looked to my left and realized that the wall of the bathroom stall is made out of wooden slats. And there is like a quarter to half inch space between each slat. So what I saw was the girl next to me coming into the stall, sitting down, I can literally see her entire outfit. She's wearing a black t-shirt and jeans and sneakers. And she's just sitting there on her cell phone on the toilet. And I could not get out of there fast enough. Like it wasn't so much that I felt embarrassed that she might be able to see me. It was that I felt like I could see her. And like that was just so weird. And I owed her the respect of, of not being that close to her while she was trying to have a private bathroom moment and be on her phone. And so I just was like, who in their right mind made a bathroom at this nice restaurant that had perfect eye holes between the slats of wood? Horrible design. Absolutely criminal. My next how to not is how not to cheat on a quiz in high school. So in I think we've maybe everyone besides Tyler has cheated at some point in their life. Have you ever cheated? I have not ever cheated, no. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Tyler's an amazing person. I did cheat once, only once, and this was the time that I did. I was in high school. It was a I think US world history. No wait. A a US history class, a world history class. I don't remember. It was one of those and that's why that's why you needed to cheat you weren't sure if you were in u.s history or history. <laughs> uh, we were taking so we were taking a daily quiz and at this point in my life i was much more concerned with getting grades than i was with actually learning which is another how not to approach school but i was concerned with the grade and i had forgotten to study and i didn't know the answer to one of the questions and i knew that the girl next to me christy always studied and always knew the answers so I just kind of tried to like do a side eye over at her paper unfortunately I had never cheated before so I wasn't good at it and I was trying to see her paper and I look up and the teacher for the class is looking at me and he just shakes his head slowly and so I just you know look back my eyes are now brimming with tears because I got caught cheating and I started like 
you know, just doing my work. And then I later I got home and I sent him an email profusely apologizing for what I had done and how I would never do it again. And I had never done it before. It was so unlike me. And I promise I'll never do it again. And I'll apologize to Christy and all this stuff. So that was the one time I had tried to cheat and I got caught and I have never cheated since. <laughs> Wait, I kind of like the way the teacher handled that because he could have called you out, made you feel really embarrassed, but it's like he trusted you to make a different choice. And also you sound like the worst cheater of all time. Like what kind of cheater gets caught and then profusely apologizes? <laughs> I know it was, I think, I think that was why he reacted the way he did. He knew that I wasn't that kind of student, Right. but at the same time, it was humiliating to get caught, and I learned my lesson. Yeah, this this was also the teacher who wore tiny little Speedos to public pools, and oh my students gosh. would see him. So, you do some things right, and other things not so much, but this one was one of the right ones. Um, okay, let's move on so to your next one. Okay, how not to choose a pair of glasses. So, for years, my mom took my brother to the eye doctor because... Uh, and one of his eyes is shaped slightly differently. And so people were always like, oh, does he have a lazy eye? Whatever. He does not have a lazy eye. Okay. Jackson's going to die that I'm talking about this. But anyway, so she always took him to the eye doctor and never me. And I was like getting like headaches at school saying I couldn't see the board. And at first my mom's like, you know, maybe I just wanted attention because some of my other friends were getting glasses. Oh no. So we've got to the eye doctor and the eye doctor is basically like, how have you been seeing anything? and prescribed me glasses. And I thought that I was supposed to choose the frame that I could see the best through. Mind you, the, the frames have like plastic glass in them, right? They don't have your prescription in them. But I just thought like, whichever one I could see best through now, those were the glasses I was taking home. Um, and then unbeknownst, unbeknownst, is it beknown unbeknownst to me, I think that's how I say it. Yep. Um, the doctor, I told my mom, don't influence her decision she needs to make this on her own otherwise she won't wear the glasses so my mom's trying to keep quiet and I go through and I pick the most ugly glasses you have ever ever seen they are a purple wire okay purple wire with green beads on the side of them and I saw those and I was like yep Yep, these are the ones. I didn't think that much about how they looked, but wow, I could see through that plastic pretty good. So those were the ones I told the doctor I wanted. My mom almost passed out. And <laughs> then I was confused, like, why aren't we going home with the glasses, right? Okay, no, because they were going to put the prescription inside of them. But hey, it was okay. I wore those for a really long time. My mom multiple times tried to suggest that maybe I could get contacts. And I just insisted that no glasses were a part of my personality. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have to use maybe your photo of you in those glasses that I have as this week's episode cover. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. Okay, so this one's a little more serious. I mixed in funny ones and serious ones. This one is how not to resolve a fight with your partner or your friend or whatever, but my experiences with Jacob in our marriage. So I find that how a fight really devolves into something horrific is... When both people are feeling misunderstood and both people are just trying to feel understood without actually trying to understand the other person. So if you listen to Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, this is her area of specialty, basically. So when Jacob and I are fighting, it gets really bad when, when he's trying to tell me how he feels and I'm trying to tell him how I feel. And there's little to no real 
listening going on. And really, I think the reason this happens is because I want Jacob to think highly of me. Because when you're dating and, you know, when you're first married, they it's nice to feel like they think you walk on water, basically. They think you are the best person in the world. And so a lot of times I feel like I want to preserve his image of me. So I want him to continue thinking that I walk on water, that I'm amazing. So whenever I do something wrong, one, I might legitimately think I've done nothing wrong, or two, I might just be trying to justify what I've done so that his image of me is maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a really, very, that's a really good way to explain that. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable when the person that you love sees the ugly parts of you and sees parts that you wish weren't there and probably parts that they wish weren't there, but they are there. So how not to resolve a fight is to focus entirely on maintaining your partner's image of you instead of accepting honestly that you are imperfect and that they are imperfect and probably you've both done something wrong. So try to fully understand where they're coming from and think about how would I be feeling if I were them? If I had treated or if he had treated me the way that I treated him, how would I be feeling right now? And then it's a lot easier to resolve from there. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't try and maintain someone else's image of you. That's just not possible. And it actually, I think, makes love a much more beautiful thing to know that they love you exactly as you are and not because you're ideal or you're perfect. When you were saying that, I one thing I was thinking about was how that as I have become more accepting of my own humanity, I'm more willing to like share that humanity with other people. But it comes first from me like having to acknowledge that like I am an imperfect being and to be like and to become really comfortable with the fact that I am flawed. It's very easy to look at someone else and be like, they're imperfect and like, I love them still, right? It's a lot harder to be like, I'm imperfect and I'm going to trust that this person can also love me. Yeah. And not even imperfect in a Michael Scott kind of way where it's like, I care too much. I sing in the shower. I'm too detail oriented. Like it's easy to think of the flaws that we can romanticize. You know, where we're like, oh, well, I just am a perfectionist, so I just kind of love being perfect, and that's a flaw. That's a really easy flaw, but if you yourself think of yourself as someone who is kind and empathetic, when you don't behave that way, that's a harder flaw to reconcile yourself with. So when you're saying, I'm kind and empathetic, and, you know, your partner is saying, I do not feel understood by you, right? that goes completely against your view of yourself. So you have to you know, honestly say, there's probably something about me that this person sees that I don't see. That, that you just, you put that so well. Thanks for including that. Okay. Um, bringing this back to a very surface level, here is an example of how not to get a crush's attention. Um, when I was in high school, I worked for the yearbook for a semester, which meant that I had access to all of the schedules of all of the students uh, at the high school. And there was this guy who my friend and I had a crush slash uh, obsession with. He looked very, and I, I stand by this, he looked very much like a Greek god, okay? If there was going to be the personification of 
Poseidon, like this was him and he was walking through the halls of my high school. Okay. And he had dark black, like curly hair, beautiful pale skin, but like not pale as in like he had pneumonia, just like pale in like a really beautiful Greek God way. Okay. And my friend and I noticed him and started kind of like trying to show up at places where he was. And then I started this yearbook class and I got access to everybody's schedules and it was like jackpot. <clears throat> so my friend and I took up uh, following this guy around uh, the school. We would finish class and be at his class when he got done. Uh, he would finish lunch. We knew which class he was walking to afterward. He finished class early, like he had early release. We also conveniently had early release that day. So the weirdest part about all this was we never spoke to him during any of these interactions. We just looked like we just wanted to be close to him. Neither of us knew how to really talk to him. And it wasn't until like the end of the school year that we really hyped ourselves up and we're like, we are going to make contact with him today. We saw him in, walking up the staircase after lunch. And so we followed him and he opened the door for us. And I said, thank you. I said, thank you for opening the door. And then we went into the bathroom after that and screamed because we spoke to him. It was a very special moment. It kind of, the, like the obsession really died down after that because I feel like once we made contact, it was like we were able to see that he was in fact a human being and our life school had been achieved. So it wasn't necessary to keep following him around the school. So how not to get a crush's attention? Uh, show up all, all of the time where they are and or steal their private information so in summary light stalking no talking doesn't work yes uh maybe that should be the name of this episode light stalking not talking very very weird <laughs> oh that's such a good one i think we have all had one of those crushes anyway okay so my next one i'm about to this episode is full of real confessions for me, honestly. Um, and this next one is a big one. This is probably the worst thing I've ever done. So when I was little... It, I, I, think, had... I think this is maybe the most criminal thing you've ever done. It is. I I'm serious. When I'm not kidding when I say it's the worst thing I've ever done. So when I was little, I had cousins who would come and visit our family from Arizona. Stephanie, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you remember this. I'm so sorry more sorry than I can express. Basically, Harry Potter 6 had just come out. The book had just come out. And Allie, my older sister, was reading it and she had told me what happened at the end of Harry Potter 6. Which, spoiler alert, the next 10 seconds I'm gonna say what the spoiler is. So if you don't know, you're living under a rock. Dumbledore dies, right? In book 6. And Allie told me that. And... My cousins were leaving. Stephanie was obsessed with Harry Potter. Like, more obsessed. Probably obsessed the same level as you are, Ty. And she was, they were leaving. I had told her that I was going to spoil the sixth book for her. But I had only ever really done it as a joke. I was like, I know what happens. Uh, 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 and I was going to say it. But she would always be like, no, seriously, don't. And then I wouldn't. But on the way 
home they were leaving. They were getting in their minivan and it was one of those automatic doors that you just pull and then it slides shut. And when the door had about six inches left, I run out and I scream, Dumbledore dies! And then I just hear her go, no! As the door closes all the way and the car drives off. Oh my gosh, it was a cinematic experience and also the the worst thing I've ever done. I still am appalled at myself that I spoiled that for her. And I'm appalled at myself that I walked away from that experience feeling pretty proud of myself. Like, I thought it was funny. I, I was little. Like, I hadn't really even read Harry Potter by that point. They were still just coming out. And I didn't read them until they were all already out. The thing is, is that, I don't know. I didn't understand the gravity of what I was doing. I just thought it was funny. Like, I'm telling her what happened at the end of the book. I didn't understand her emotional attachment to Dumbledore or the books or anything like that. So, Stephanie, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you remember that. I feel guilt about that on a daily basis, and that's not... I'm not being dramatic. I think about that daily and <laughs> hate myself. <sighs> okay, well, maybe it's good you're sharing it on the podcast, right? Like, we're, the more the more we talk about it, the more we share it, maybe the less painful it'll be. And maybe you'll hear back from Stephanie after this episode and your public apology will be well-received. Um, this is a short one, how not to be an older sister. There's this, this story that my brother hangs on to as the one time that I was very cruel to him. He was a baby and he was in his crib and my mom kept hearing him like cry out like, ah, ah. And then she went to go check on him and I was standing over him with a bag of Twizzlers and just slapping him with the Twizzler over and over. (laughs) And I think if I remember correctly, he was just in a diaper. So he's just like his bare little naked body. And I'm just there like just whipping him with the with the Twizzler. And to this day, (laughs) he still brings that up as how like as an example of my cruelty the one time the one time that I did something cruel to him lives on in infamy so you will be held accountable for everything you do as a sibling even if you do like three million good things the one bad thing will follow you for the rest of your life so choose wisely so true okay um so my next one I'll do a two for one with how not to reject someone trying to kiss you and how not to date basically so the first one how not to reject someone i was in high school i was 16 years old and i had a crush on this boy he was very tall and very cute and he always smelled good so i was pretty much in love with him based on those three things alone and he was my first like handhold he was my first like a lot of things and I had very strong feelings about not kissing anyone until I was 16 because at the time I held myself to a very strict religious standard and I thought six you couldn't do anything until you were 16, right? So we were very flirty um, and we went out on a lot of dates. But he also, just so that we know, this kid also went out on a lot of dates with a lot of other girls and frequently had girlfriends, that sort of thing, but me and him were really good friends. and. So we would go out on dates every now and then as just like a fun thing, at least for him. He had no idea I was madly in love with him. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, that makes At the end of one of our dates, we had been particularly flirty the whole evening. And instead of driving me home, he drives past my street up the hill to like a little lookout point. Mm. And I had no idea because we had been out so many times at this point and flirting had become such a regular thing for us that I wasn't even, you know, I didn't know what was going on. 
he he like parked we were just like talking singing along to music looking out at the valley or whatever it's late at night and then i realized he hasn't said anything in a while so i look over he's in the driver's seat i'm in the passenger seat i look over at him and he grabs the back of my neck which spooked me and then starts leaning in to kiss me oh gosh it's um too at aggressive. which point too aggressive. i jerk my head away from him which causes my head to bang into the window <laughs> um which hurt really bad it was a hard bang and then he was like what's wrong like was confused because i had been giving him every signal up to this point that i wanted to kiss him although i didn't know those were the signals i was giving anyway he was like why not and i was just like well we can't you know um you like you know and i told him that it was because i didn't want to be just another girl that he kissed right? Because I was in love with him and I didn't think he was in love with me. Not that I told him that part, but I didn't want to be just like another girl on his list basically was what mm -hmm. I told him. But truthfully, it was because I was scared I was going to be a bad kisser because he had all of this experience kissing and oh. I didn't. So that's the real reason that I did that. And I went home and regretted it and I hated myself and I cried about it. But <laughs> I was honestly just terrified of kissing and being bad at it okay he had he had kissed lots of girls and That's he had legitimate concern. made out oh what? i had never made out before i had like pecked someone once so there's my first how not to reject someone the second half of that how not to date someone is just as a disclaimer you don't have to say yes to every single date so that's something that i did for most of my dating career Anytime anyone would ask me out, I would say yes, because that's how I was raised, is you say yes to at least the first date. And I'm just going to say right now, you don't need to do that. You don't need to say yes even to one date if you are uncomfortable. When I first got to college, my very first semester, I was 18, I got asked out by a 30-year-old guy who saw me at a BYU devotional, and he was completely bald, like shiny bald. Oh my gosh. Do you remember this? Yeah. He took me rock climbing and then back to his apartment where we watched A Knight's Tale on his bed. Yes. <laughs> and I was completely uncomfortable. Like, the whole time it was horrible. And I was, you know, my arms were folded. My legs were crossed. I was sitting as far away from him as possible. I felt so awkward the entire night. But I didn't know you could say no to a date. Right. So, don't reject someone that way and don't say yes to dates you don't want to go on. And also, just as a little add-on to that, something I just thought of, you can say no to setups as well. Oh, yes. Every The worst dates I've gone on in my life are the setups my mother has <laughs> made for me. Like, she will set me up with anyone. She's talking to, like, a neighbor friend, and they're like, my son is off the deep end. And she's like, let's <laughs> set him up with Haley. Or she was working at, this is one of my favorites, she was working at Park City a few years ago like a resort during the winter and some random snowboarder came in and she was like hey i have a daughter <laughs> <laughs> so well-intentioned right so well-intentioned with him too and his life his life dream was to um live in a van oh. and not ever own a home and quit school and i learned that on the date and i was like we have different dreams uh susie's spidey senses were off on that one yeah. Well, I mean, her spidey senses rely solely on, is he a boy and is he single? <laughs> you know, and, and that's, like, that's all she needs. Within a legal age, <laughs> uh, a legal dating age. 
Yeah, for a while she was obsessed with the idea of one of us ending up with David Archuleta. What? I know. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. He doesn't swing our way, and... I don't know how she was planning on making that happen, but... It was a pipe dream. Oh my gosh, I got the giggles. I, I honestly love the way that David Archuleta has decided to kind of share his journey with Me his too. sexuality, by the way. I saw him perform live last year at an event, and he was amazing live. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Honestly, okay. the voice in the heart of an angel. Yeah. It just wasn't meant to be with you. Um. Okay, I'll keep this quick, but uh, how not to cut someone's hair. I should have shared this one when you were talking about cutting your hair. When Nate and I were first married, well, first off, Nate's hair grows so fast, like the fastest of any human I've ever seen. And we were going like two or three times like a month for him to get his hair cut. Okay, more like two times a month to get his hair cut. And, you know, we were keeping it cheap at the Great Clips, but they charge $15 a cut plus tip. So you're paying like 40 bucks a month to get your hair cut by an amateur. Okay. I mean, nothing against Great Clips. I've gone to Great Clips multiple times, but I just was like, I can figure this out. Like I can learn how to do this. So I sort of learned, I like started learning how to cut Nate's hair and I wasn't horrible at it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't great. Like there was a phase where I couldn't quite get the back right. And so he'd have to pin down a part of his hair, spray it with hairspray and then take out the pin so that it would like stay in place. So again, we're not, I mean, I'm worse than the people at great clips, but it was saving us $40 a month. Then one night we're getting ready to leave, uh, to go on a trip. We're like moving out. It's finals week, a lot going on. And it's 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, here, just sit down and I will cut your hair hadn't been cut in a long time. It was very long. And I, I don't know what happened. I lost consciousness. I like momentarily was not on this planet and forgot to put the guard on the razor. And his hair was so long that it like covered up the blade. So I went up like a psychopath, the entire back of his head and then finished and then the hair fell off to the side and it was just it was just bald it was just completely shaved off <laughs> and her first stroke the first stroke that she took while cutting his hair was directly up the center of the back of his head and she made it from the nape of his neck to his crown before she realized that she had just <laughs> <laughs> criminal okay absolutely <laughs> criminal behavior i saw what i did and i fell on the floor so i cut the rest of his hair around the stripe of his head <laughs> the best that i could and then nate wore a baseball cap backwards for the very first time in his life every day after that until it grew back oh my gosh that is so funny i love that story okay so my next one is how not to go to therapy um, first off, I think everyone should go to therapy. I think it's amazing. Um, but I really screwed myself over when I first started going because I was concerned with, again, people pleasing and trying to make my therapist like me. So I would be super apologetic. I would, you know, be asking her if she was okay. I would be apologizing for putting my burdens on her, just everything like that. And 
that's literally what therapists are there for. And therapy didn't start to be really effective for me until I stopped trying to get my therapist to like me and just accepted fully the help that I needed. So that's great. Very good advice. Um, sharp left turn, how not to get a Brazilian wax. Do not do it by yourself. I don't care how many tutorials you watch. I don't care how many like sugar wax, like, you know, recipes you've made. Um, I have done this on three separate occasions. And on every occasion I have had to come, I have had to ask another human being to come help me because I could not bring myself to rip the wax off. Okay. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Okay. It is so painful. I made that mistake with sugaring before. Um, my next one is another one that is a little more serious, and it does talk about sexy stuff. Sex. So if you feel uncomfortable with that or you are related to me in any way, feel free to <laughs> click off now or just skip ahead a few minutes. Um, so basically this next one is how not to have sex for the first time. And I'm only bringing this up not because I think it would be cheeky and cute to talk about on our podcast, but because I legitimately think this could help someone who is approaching having sex for the first time if they haven't already. So one, again, make sure you're ready, make sure it's with someone who cares about you, all that, all those good disclaimers. Um, number two is understand that sex is a different experience for everyone and that your first time may not be like other people's first times. So I'll explain my experience and then go from there. The first time I had sex. I thought I did everything right in terms of preparing for it. So I was asking people advice. I went and got a checkup, all of that sort of thing. And basically the advice I got was, yes, it's going to hurt, but like what people told me is it will hurt, but not enough where there will be like a facial response to the pain. So it will be uncomfortable, but not painful enough to make you wince. So basically, I never even really considered the possibility that it was going to be a very painful experience for me. And again, we've kind of talked about how I have a decent pain tolerance, but this was unlike any other pain that I had ever experienced. And when the moment came that we were, Jacob and I were actually trying to get physical, it wouldn't work. I was physically incapable of doing it because it hurt so bad. And it hurt really, really bad our entire honeymoon. Um, you know, we kept trying and it just wasn't working for the longest time. And I was feeling very confused. I was feeling guilty because I wanted to do this thing with him. I wanted to give him this experience and I wanted the experience for myself. So that's how not to have sex is go into it, go into it unprepared for what the possibilities might be. So first off, I just want to do a disclaimer that, like I said at the beginning, sex is different for everyone and for women. Um, it could be a very, very painful experience the first time, the first few times, the first little while. And so what I would recommend is if you know that that's coming and it's not a spontaneous thing, you have time to prepare for it, I would recommend getting some vaginal stretchers. So they're like silicone things and you can start with a small one and gradually get larger um, until you're just a little bit stretched out down there. Um, because shocker, something I didn't know, a penis is apparently much larger than a tampon. So just cause you can get a tampon in does not mean that a penis is going to go in seamlessly. So you might need to get a stretcher. You might need to do something to help your body prepare for that. 
I think that's very good and candid advice. When you put have high expectations and put a lot of pressure on yourself, it does not make the experience better. And instead, having like an open conversation and open communication with your partner. We mentioned Dr. Finlayson Fife earlier. I highly recommend her work as a way to um, kind of prepare yourself mentally and emotionally as as well for that experience. Okay, so my next one is how not to compliment someone because I have compliments that I get or quote unquote compliments, right? That I get that I hate. So if someone sees a picture of me from high school and they say I look the same as I did in high school, that is not a compliment. That is the biggest insult you could ever (laughs) say to me. Or, you know, I bet Tyler gets this one too. Like a picture of you from your time abroad in Brazil and my time in Argentina. If someone looks at that and I'm like, I look horrible in all of these pictures. I hate the way I look. I look freaky. And they're like, what are you talking about? You look the same. No. No, I don't. Don't say that. I'm crying already now because you said that. Okay. I <clears throat> I think there's a very easy solution to this problem. Um, the solution being just don't comment on how people look. You know, like there's so many other ways to compliment people. Let's compliment people's personalities or character traits or recognize their accomplishments. We just, you know, we just don't have, don't, don't have to comment on the way people look and save everybody a whole lot of pain. Okay. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. Okay. Um, how not to tell someone to have kids. I was on a walk this week with Copper and um, stopped to talk to a gentleman that was rocking on his front porch. And he asked me after a series of very strange comments and I was trying to get away from him. And then he kept saying, wait, but I haven't finished my story. And I just couldn't quite seem to break away. The conversation finally seemed like it was coming to an end. And he asked if I had any children. And I said, nope, just this, you know, fluffy little guy. And he quite literally said to me, and I quote, well, you best shoot him in the head and get yourself busy having some kids. That is a direct quotation. I will never speak to that person again. Who says something like that? It was so unexpected and just so violent. What did you say? Um, I said, well, not today. And then I walked away. Oh my gosh, I'm appalled. I know, isn't that disgusting? That's horrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I like don't know how to move on from that. That's horrible. I know it was horrible. I was just shocked. Okay, so I guess I'm I'm just going to start telling my next story and then I'll get back to you on this later time. <laughs> so my last one is how not to be confident because I spent a lot of years trying to crack the confidence code and it wasn't until I finally stopped trying to mimic people who I perceived as confident that I actually found my own confidence. So I spent my entire high school experience trying to, again, mimic other people. So I would look at someone who I thought was cool and I would try and go buy the clothes they were wearing or do my makeup or my hair just like they did because they were confident. And if I wanted to be confident, I needed to be like them. And I think that's especially prevalent now when there's this huge social media craze and everyone is starting to look the same because we're all just copying each other. We're all copying someone else who we think is cute. And the problem with that is that it's not true confidence. It's, again, mimicry. So 
if you really want to be confident, wear the clothes that make you feel happy, wear, you know, say the things you want to say, do the things you want to do, and you can't care about what other people are doing. This sounds super obvious, but I find that it's much harder in practice even, you know, now after I crack the code and I think that's how you be confident, it's still hard to put into practice sometimes. So the I I like that you included this and the best advice that I've I got recently from my therapist was to ask myself when I'm making a choice about things like clothing, hair, makeup, etc to ask myself, do I like this? And that sounds so basic, but I realized that like, I was trying to wear clothes because I thought, you know, oh, this makes me look blank kind of way, right? Makes me look taller or skinnier or curvier or whatever. Instead of ever asking myself, like, do I actually like this piece of clothing? I thanks for including that one in there. Okay, well, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode about our terrible how-tos. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Instagram. Give us a star rating or a comment, a review on Apple Podcasts. We do read them, and it actually helps us. So please do that if you have the time. Just take a minute. I think that's it. I feel like when, when you were saying, I mean, if you have a minute, it makes me think of like, Whenever we try to ask someone to do something like, hey, could you do this? But like totally no pressure and like you don't have to. In fact, just don't do it. Actually, I'm I'm stupid. What? Why did I ask you that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for the love that you have shown us this week. We're excited uh, for our upcoming episode. So stay tuned and thanks for being a part of our club.